If you get an opportunity to uh, hear Brother Ricky Treese, uh, he, he preached in uh, Alexandria uh, today, and if you go to POA.com and uh, pull that message up uh, on YouTube as well, pull that message up, you'll be blessed as he uh, preached about Palestine and Israel and uh, the times that we're in now and uh, what to expect, what to look for, what to anticipate. And then, of course, the victory. Praise God. The Lord is coming. The Lord is coming. Amen. Thank the Lord. All those signs, all the things we see around us, uh, behoove us to really sit up and take notice, not just of the current events, but of where we are as the church and what we need to be, where we need to be in the Spirit. Praise God. All right, Romans 11 and verse 2, God hath not cast away his people, which he foreknew. What ye not what the scripture saith of Elias, or Elijah, how he maketh intercession to God against Israel, saying, Lord, they have killed thy prophets, and dig down thine altars, and I am left alone, and they seek my life. But what saith the answer of God unto him? I have reserved to myself... 7,000 men who have not bowed the knee to the image of Baal. Now, I'm preaching about feeling alone. Elijah was feeling very alone. But the Lord revealed to him, no, you're not alone. 7,000 who have not capitulated to the idol, who have not gone along with culture, We've not agreed with the crowd. They're still serving me. Praise God. And, of course, the Spirit of the Lord speaking to him proved you're not alone. you got the most powerful force in the universe. Amen. That is standing with you. Praise God. And so, alone. Amen. You can be seated. God bless you. I get, um, I think it's called a citizen report that Focus on the Family puts out to comment on uh, cultural issues, situations that are happening in our, in our country, and uh, dealing with uh, things of the family, of course, and um, uh, things in government, and uh, the Lord and his power and how he's uh, able to manifest his strength. And they commented about a Gallup poll. Gallup is, um, uh, they're secular, they're, 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 not, uh, they're not pinpointed on uh, Christian things. They're just a, you know, usually dealing with political issues and, and measuring uh, where the country is and on conservative issues, liberal uh, stands, and and so on. But this particular poll that they cited was on feeling alone. Do you feel like you are alone? And surprisingly, and as far as I could tell, this was a worldwide, it wasn't just America, uh, North America, it was worldwide in terms of who they were uh, polling. Now, we know a poll is a sample. It's not, you know, they don't go every house or every person and so on. They take a sample, and uh, they're very 
scientific about it to make sure it's accurate or it measures uh, pretty much what the attitude or the opinion is. And um, I'm surprised that the number uh, was actually this low. But they reported that approximately 25% of the population feels like they are alone. I thought it would be higher than that, actually. Even in, in, with social media, even with uh, the ways to connect, to, to uh, interact, and uh, to be in, in contact with one another, networking and, and so on, whatever all the buzzwords are, there's still a feeling of being alone. And that comes from uh, the situations that we face and that we're up against uh, in terms of sickness, in terms of uh, disease and uh, plagues and the different things that happen uh, that were not in evidence 100 years ago. But now, it uh, seems to be almost epidemic portions of uh, what one thing or another that uh, is going through the land. And so any number of, uh, any number of causes bring about this aspect of feeling alone. Now in the Bible, the word alone is mostly attributed to God. God feeling alone? No. Uh, God is alone. There is no other. There is no other that can claim deity and power and dominion and sovereignty like he can. He is God alone. And when Israel would declare the Shema, um, Hear, O Israel, the Lord is God, the Lord is one. Um, they would make that declaration in honor of who they know to be God. Um, of course, uh, uh, e even before Moses heard uh, that phrase, I am that I am, out of the burning bush, they, they knew that there was one. And it's interesting uh, that scholars today, theologians today, take the name Elohim. And uh, it, it, the, the Hebrew nation uh, used that term to describe the totality of the majesty of God, the, uh, the, the how, uh, how immense it is, how incredible it is. And, uh, and they use it in a plural sense because they wanted to include every aspect that they possibly could. But theologians later on would say, no, it means more than one person. It means more than one God. And um, it's interesting to me that they could take the language of somebody and say, no, that's not what it means. This is what it means. <laughs> that would be like somebody uh, coming along and saying, oh, Mabute doesn't mean this. Mabute means that. What? You're not from the Philippines. You don't speak Tagalog <laughs> or any other language. The audacity of someone to come along with a mic and say, no, Elohim doesn't mean this, it means that. Well, how crazy is that? I don't know. But if, if plurality is good, why stop at three? Let's go with seven. The Bible talks about seven, right? Seven spirits of God that are mentioned in Revelation that are described in Isaiah 11. 
Okay, if more is better, let's go. Let's, let's beat the Hindus. They've got thousands, thousands of God. Let's, let's outdo them. No, no, there's one. Because one means power. One means glory. One means strength. Praise God. And we thank the Lord that he is God alone. Isaiah 44 and 24. Thus saith the Lord thy Redeemer, and he that formed thee from the womb, I am the Lord that maketh all things, that stretcheth forth the heavens alone, that spreadeth abroad the earth by myself. Praise God. There's one of the alone aspects of the Word of God that is applied to God. Amen. I don't know. Most of you probably are not familiar with Marvin Hicks, um, a uh, pastor from Texas who in the 70s, um, was able to engage in debates. Now, I, uh, I don't, I, I don't uh, go around looking for debates. No, I just want to proclaim the Word of God. But he was, uh, he was gifted in this area. And, and one statement that he would make for consideration is, can you be alone and by yourself and still have somebody with you? You know, it's a contradiction. It's a misnomer. You, no, you can't. And yet, statements like what the Lord says here in Isaiah 44 and 24 are construed to be, no, there's, there's more than one. Well, anyway, that, this, is, this is just to give you an idea of the aspect of the word alone. Let me get back to my point of how the Lord makes sure that you don't have to be alone. Clear back in Leviticus 26 and 12. Now Leviticus is, we know, full of sacrifices, full of feast days, full of requirements, uh, dietary laws, uh, the calendar that's got to be arranged just so. But listen to this statement in Leviticus 26 and 12. I will walk among you and will be your God and you shall be my people. Praise God. That opens up covenant. That opens up fellowship. That opens up the awareness that we don't have to be alone. That the Lord is interested in us. Jeremiah 31 and 9, we won't take time to go through the whole thing, but just to point out the Lord declaring, I am a father to Israel. Praise God. And thank the Lord that there would be the, uh, the power. Well, let's go ahead and read the whole thing. Jeremiah 31 and 9. They shall come with weeping. And with supplications will I lead them. I will cause them to walk by the rivers of waters in a straight way, wherein they shall not stumble. For I am a father to Israel, and Ephraim is my firstborn. The Lord is saying, I am in relationship with Israel. They call upon me. They weep uh, and reach out for me. And I will cause them to walk by the rivers of waters in a straight way. And they're not going to stumble. They're not going to fall. They're not going to be in the place of weakness. But I am going to be there for them as a father. Praise God. So these Old Testament prophecies are what is quoted in 2 Corinthians chapter 6. When the Lord is uh, directing Paul to write about separation, about being uh, uh, in the presence of God, not alone, but determined to follow after the Lord. 
And uh, verse 16 uh, begins with, What agreement hath the temple of God with idols? We'll get into Elijah here in a moment. But uh, that's what he was focused on because there was that problem. And the apostle is saying, What agreement hath the temple of God with idols? For you are the temple of the living God. As God has said, I will dwell in them and walk in them, and I will be their God, and they shall be my people. Wherefore, come out from among them, and be ye separate, saith the Lord, and touch not the unclean thing, and I will receive you. And look at verse 18. And will be a father unto you, and you shall be my sons and daughters, saith the Lord Almighty. Oh, what an incredible promise and fulfillment of what was prophesied way back in the Old Testament and how the Lord would bring it to fulfillment in what we know as the church today. The one who is Lord Almighty will be our Father, will be his people, and he will dwell in us. Very quickly, Romans 8 and 9, you are not in the flesh, but in the Spirit. If so be that the Spirit of God dwell in you. Now if any man have not the Spirit of Christ, he is none of his. Thank God we have that opportunity to be filled with the Spirit and know that we are one of His and the Spirit of Christ dwelling within us to give us power. The Lord declaring in Luke 11 verse 13, if ye then being evil know how to give good gifts unto your children, how much more shall your heavenly Father give the Holy Spirit to them that ask Him? Oh, thank God. He is still pouring it out. It's still coming forth. The hand of God is still being displayed. The Lord is still fulfilling his promise because there hath not failed one word of all of his good promise. And thank God that's who we trust. That's who we call upon. That's who we believe. Romans 8 and 16, the Spirit itself beareth witness with our spirit that we are the children of God. So you are not alone. You walk in the power of the presence of God. You walk in the blessing of his word being fulfilled in your life. But let me assure you, it starts out with just you and God alone. We don't come to God on the committee plan. We're not on a family plan. Thank God that households, households can serve God. Thank the Lord that uh, you, you see in the book of Acts, Households again and again coming to the Lord. That's what we're praying for. That's what we're believing. That's what we're trusting God for. But it's just me alone by myself in the presence of God. I've got to decide. Lord, would you forgive me? Lord, would you change me? Lord, would you deliver me? Lord, would you cleanse me of all the things and wrong things I've said and done and thought? Lord, would you forgive me? That's me alone. My mother couldn't do it for me. The pastor couldn't do it for me. Amen. I had to do it myself, and thank God I did. And oh, what love, what mercy, what compassion, what forgiveness I experienced. Hallelujah. Baptism is my obedience to the Word of God. My decision, I'm going to follow through on the Word of the Lord. And what a thrill, praise God, to baptize into Charlotte in the name of Jesus Christ and to see the thrill, hallelujah, to know the joy and experience that power and to be blessed in the Lord. Praise God. And that was her decision. 
It was my decision. It's got to be your decision as well. Receiving the Spirit of God is my surrender. It's my worship. It's my praise that I give unto the Lord. I alone will do it. But praise God when I do. I've got the Almighty in my life. He is my Father. He is my God. He dwells within. All of those promises that He brought forth is what I can determine and decide again and again I'm not going to turn back. I'm going to keep going in the blessing of the Lord. I know there's more for me. And I'm going to find out how much more our Heavenly Father will give. Praise God. I will choose to live among His people. I will be blessed in the Lord as I follow on to know Him. Praise God. Now Elijah. Came that moment that he was feeling alone. Now, the Lord arranged for him to be alone to some degree. When the famine started and uh, the drought was there, um, he was alone. He was at the brook. Uh, everybody else was uh, suffering a water shortage, but the Lord put Elijah by that brook, and then he caused the ravens to come and deliver food to him. Quite a situation. All he had to do was lounge around there. Well, I don't think he lounged. I think he prayed. He, he was a praying man. And, uh, and he remained at that place alone. And then the brook dried up. It was time for him to move on. When God uh, seemingly removes something from you, it's so that you can move into another realm, so that you can move into another situation of, of uh, not poverty, not doing without, but of Lord's, the Lord's provision. So the brook dried up, and Elijah was directed to the widow of Zarephath. He went to her, and in her poverty, in her lack, he spoke a promise. He didn't just go and demand, you make a cake for me first, and then you and your boy go ahead and starve. Don't bother with the uh, uh, gathering a whole bunch of uh, uh, sticks to build a fire. Just, just two sticks that you've got, that's good enough. That would be a pretty small fire. Because it was a pretty small amount of meal and oil that she had to form a cake and bake it on the coals. But he said, if you do that, if you make one for me first, the meal and the oil are not going to fail. There was faith in that widow's heart. She may have looked at her little boy, and she may have wondered, is this going to be true? Is this going to happen? What if, what if, what if, what if, you know, all kinds of things that our uh, humanity, our minds want to dredge up as to what the outcome might be that is negative instead of grabbing hold of the positive. Really? I'm always going to have meal? I'm always going to have oil? No matter how much I bake, no matter how fat I make my little boy? <laughs> I don't think she didn't think that. But she obeyed. And sure enough, every time she went to the meal barrel, there was flour down there at the bottom. Every time she tipped that bottle of oil, stream of oil came out. Praise God. And it lasted for three and a half years until the rain came again when Elijah prayed. Praise God. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Her child fell sick and died. It would seem like you know, it, the needs never stop. Your needs are never going to stop. That's why the promise is that God will supply all your needs according to his riches and glory through Christ Jesus. Praise God. We're just human. We have needs. 
Nothing to be ashamed of, but what to bring to the Lord and put our trust in him. Her child was sick, death came, but Elijah prayed, and the child lived. Praise God. Now the next stop for Elijah, which may have made him feel even more alone, was Mount Carmel. And they all assembled, 450 prophets of Baal, 400 prophets of the groves. You can imagine how extensive this idolatry was then across the land of Israel. It, w it wasn't isolated pockets. It, it wasn't just uh, reserved for one particular spot. These, these groves that were used to worship the idol Baal were, were extensive, and so they gathered together. These are the men who ate at the table of Jezebel, uh, most literally eating out of her hand, controlled by her, directed by her, sharing in her wickedness. So the 850 verses 1 Elijah probably made him feel alone, made him feel like he was isolated. But the challenge is the God who answers by fire, let him be God. Praise God. Why would, why would Elijah make that challenge? Why, why would he put it out there like that and he's all by himself and here's this huge crowd? And yet he had the faith to believe God answers by fire. Praise God. Because he could read in the word that it did. he does. Amen. Now, God answers by fire with blessing. God answers with fire in judgment. Make sure you're choosing the right one. Make sure you're walking the right way. You know, it, it, it just, it's just not a situation that uh, you can be walking down one road of, of uh, disobedience and, and uh, idol worship. And, and, of course, we're not talking about an idol that, you know, it's an object. We're talking about situations uh, where uh, culture is saying this is what you got to do, this is how you got to go, and this is what you got to believe, and, and, and so on. Uh, walking down that road and all of a sudden making a hop and going over to the other road. No, you can walk on the straight and narrow. Amen. Walk in the way that's pleasing to the Lord. And so the challenge was given. They made their altar. They cut up their bowl. They carried on all morning long. And into early afternoon, uh, Elijah kind of chided them, kind of uh, made fun. Well, that's okay to do, but you make sure you've got the goods to back it up. <laughs> Amen. And so... He told him it's, it, it, it's not going to happen. Your God is visiting, he's sleeping, he's whatever he's doing. He's not going to answer by fire. Now it's my turn. And he rebuilt that altar. Rebuilt it. There are things that we've got to come back to. Situations that we've got to make sure is not going to slip and not going to fall away, but we stay with it. Not some newfangled thing. Not some new uh, aspect here. No, come back to the altar. And he cut up that bull into a sacrifice. And then he had 12 barrels of water poured over the sacrifice. Just to make sure. I'm not pulling any tricks on you. This is not just some magic 
thing that's going to happen. There's no way that fire, even a spark, is going to burst out of water-soaked wood and bloody uh, pieces of bullock. And, um, and it's just not going to happen. God has to answer by fire. Praise God. Now, why did he do that? Wouldn't that create the situation a little bit more difficult? Wouldn't that be a situation that uh, is just going to challenge the Lord? No, he wanted to make sure that a difficult situation would display the hand of God even more. And I think that's how we've got to look at some of our situations. It may seem difficult. It may seem impossible. It may seem like, ooh, this is really going to take a miracle, right? Because that's what's going to speak even louder than anything else. Hallelujah. Praise God. And thank the Lord. God was not stymied. God was not stopped. God was not held back. God did not stand there and fold his arms saying, why did you do that? No, no. God inspired him to do that. Praise God. And then he prayed, and the fire fell. Oh, what an amazing moment to be able to be transported back and, and stand there and watch what's going on. Amen. The water evaporating, the blood evaporating, the, the hiss and the steam that must have been there, and, and the, the wood crackling, and, uh, and, and the bullock. You know, uh, somebody operating a grill, ah, that smells pretty good. But if they let it get carried away and turns to charcoal, it doesn't smell very good. And that's what happened. But the dust and the rocks being burned up? What'd that sound like? What'd that look like? A crackle and a pop and a snap? I don't know. But it happened. And the people cried out, the Lord, he is the God. The Lord, he is the God. You know what? We're at that moment now when there's got to be a determination of who your God is. Amen. I know it's easy to say the Lord, he is the God because those people did that, but there was no change. There was no difference. There was no uh, modifying their behavior. There was no changing their minds. They continued right on with their foolish idolatry. God, help us to recognize we can't be caught up in just possessions. We can't be caught up in just what the culture says we've got to do and how we've got to live. There's got to be a determination within us that cries out with everything we have. He is Lord. He is God. There is no other. His name is greater than any other. Praise God. And to walk on in that blessing, in that power. Elijah made sure those idol prophets were eliminated. The slaughter of those serving idols must have been awful to behold. But like David, you've got to cut the giant's head off. Not enough just to knock him down. Not enough just to eliminate him for a moment, for a time, for a period. There's got to be the finality in our repentance that says, I'm not going to go that way anymore. I'm not going to do that stuff anymore. I'm going to follow on to know the Lord and his blessing and be strengthened in him. Praise God. Because the Lord has more blessing in store. Elijah began to pray again. He prayed for rain. 
He sent his servant to look out to see if there was a cloud that was approaching. He sent his servant seven times. And this is where James got the inspiration to write in chapter 5 that the effectual fervent prayer of a righteous man availeth much. That Elijah was like uh, was a man subject to like passions like as we are, but yet he prayed. Oh God, help us to step into that realm even more. Amen. To recognize where we are in God's time clock. To know that things happening over in the Middle East are not something isolated. Not something we can just view uh, and feel like it's not going to touch us. It's not going to affect us. God, help us to understand there's got to be prayer now. There's got to be revival now. There's got to be the move of God now. There's got to be the awakening now. There's got to be those stepping into the new birth, Brother Mitch, now. Amen. And the hand of God being displayed in an amazing way. Thank God the rain did come. Thank God Elijah did run down the mountain ahead of Ahab. Praise God. He didn't let Ahab lead him. He went ahead and led Ahab. But Ahab wasn't smart enough to follow the man of God. Oh God, help us in this hour. God, help us in this time to recognize there's got to be the awakening. There's got to be the desire. There's got to be the follow through the distance was about 20 miles to Jezreel how in the world did Elijah run that far ahead of the, the chariot he wasn't alone huh. you're not alone you can keep going you can keep running you can keep following you can keep obeying you can keep praying <laughs> Praise God. So Jezebel is upset. I would have thought, oh good, now I don't have to feed 850 at my table. She didn't think that way. She thought, Elijah, this time tomorrow, you're going to be dead just like them. He's a man subject to like passions, as we are. And he was scared. And he ran for his life. He left his servant at Beersheba after a journey of about 100 miles. Wow. That's a lot of footsteps. That's a lot of campfires. It's a lot of sleeping on the ground. But he went another day's journey into the wilderness after leaving his servant there at Beersheba. And he went alone into the wilderness. And he sat under a juniper tree and he prayed again. But this time he prayed that he would die. That's discouragement. That's depression. That's despair and dismay. Because those things will come to you. Those things will happen. And Elijah fell asleep under that juniper tree. An angel came and woke him up. When he woke up, the angel said, arise and eat. And there was a cake on the coals. There was a cruise of water. What's a cruise of water? I don't know, canteen, I don't know. But there was water. 
and he fell asleep again. God knows how to take care of you. God knows how to give you rest. He's still the Prince of Peace. He still imparts peace that passes understanding. We can get in a turmoil. We can experience chaos and trauma and trouble. We need to let the Lord take care of us. Amen. He slept again. The angel woke him up again. Arise and eat. And he did. Leftovers? Wouldn't bother me. I like leftovers. But I think the Lord was providing for him exactly what he needed. The Lord was ministering to him right there. You're not alone. I know you're feeling alone, Elijah, but you're not alone. The angel said, arise and eat. And then he said, the journey is too great for thee. Was he pronouncing failure? Was he saying, you're not going to make it? Was he saying, you're going to stumble and fall? No, he was saying, you need to partake of what I have for you. Otherwise, you're not going to make it. Oh, God, help us not to ignore what's there in the presence of the Lord and in his word. We, we may think we need something else. No, you take what the Lord's given you. Amen. And so he ended up in that cave. You know, he journeyed for 40 days and 40 nights in the strength of those two meals. It's incredible. The hand of God being upon him. And he ended up in this cave. And he heard the Lord asking him, What dost thou hear, Elijah? The cave was dark and dismal. It, it, it matched his attitude. He, he, was, he was down. He was discouraged. And this is when he reported, Israel hath forsaken the covenant. They've thrown down the altar. They've slain your prophets. And I, even I only, am left. He was feeling alone. We changed that time, didn't we? My goodness. So wind, earthquake, fire. God can be sensational when he wants to be. He can shake things up. But sometimes that's not what we need. Sometimes we don't need a sensational display. And if we can keep looking for it and expect God to be in it and he's not, that's where disappointment's going to come from. We need to be able to hear that still, small voice that the Lord speaks, and we need to be listening for it. There's a lot of voices, a lot of, a lot of junk going on in the world today. A lot of incredible things that are, are being, being done and said, but we need to be tuned to what God says. Amen. Otherwise, we'll miss it. No, listening for him. Praise God. Listening to hear. And, and don't listen to the devil. Don't listen to uh, the, uh, the, the bad reports. Don't, don't, don't focus on the things that are going wrong. The, these are all signs. They're all coming to pass. But we listen for him. Praise God. And be directed by him. The still small voice spoke to Elijah. Again, you're not alone. Go anoint these new kings. Go anoint Elijah. So, 
he was not alone. 7,000 faithful who haven't worshipped Baal. Elijah may have thought, where are they? I don't see any. I feel like I'm all alone. But sometimes that's the way we feel. Nobody understands. Nobody, nobody feels what I'm feeling. You know, uh, you you stay with your brothers and sisters. You stay faithful to the house of the Lord. You're you're in a body, and it's amazing how the body functions, and how it works together, and how there's strength. There's there's healing, healing in the body. I can, I can get a cut, and, uh, and it bleeds, and, and uh, I, I try to take care of it, try to bandage it up, and so on. And, uh, huh, a few days later, and, uh, you know, I realize that's healing up really good. That's what the body does. There's healing. There's strength. There's recovery. There's blessing. Praise God. And so Elisha, oh, man, I've got to hurry. Elisha walked with Elijah. He witnessed the defeat of the Syrians. The Syrians, uh, the enemy is, he's not too strong. He's not too smart either. They thought the reason we were defeated is because they had the God of the hills on their side. We fight them in the valley, and we're going to defeat them. He's not the God of the valley. What a stupid thing to say. And sure enough, God defeated the Syrians in the valley. Elisha's walking with Elijah. Jezebel's treachery against Naboth. Ahab wanted that vineyard, offered to pay for it, offered to trade it. That's what the devil does. He tries to cheat you out of your inheritance. He'll try to steal it. He'll try to destroy it. He'll try to buy it. He'll try to trade it. He'll try to offer you what he says is better. But Naboth couldn't and wouldn't sell his inheritance. So Jezebel, and her treachery and her wickedness, had Naboth accused of blasphemy and then had him stoned. But Elijah, because God sees everything, Elijah pronounced judgment against Ahab and Jezebel. And in due time, it was fulfilled. So Elisha stayed with Elijah. Remember the, the scripture says he poured water on the hands of Elijah. He was serving. He was walking. He was faithful. Amen. And fire fell again on those sent by the ungodly king to capture Elijah. But Elisha walked with Elijah from Gilgal to Bethel to Jericho to the Jordan River. Well, this is where the maps come in handy. Flip to the back. Okay, from Gilgal to Bethel to Jericho to the Jordan. That looks like about 45 miles. Elisha was serious. That's what you've got to be when you're following the Lord. Determined. I'm not going to turn back. I'm going to keep going. So Elijah asked him, after they crossed the Jordan, smote the water, and went across on dry ground, what would you want? I want a double portion of your spirit. You've asked for a hard thing. 
But if you see me when I'm taken, that's what you're going to have. Praise God. And so his attention was even more acute at this point. Not going to allow him to be out of his sight. And sure enough, the horses and the chariots on fire. Elijah being caught up. And as he is looking, the mantle comes back down. Praise God. And the miraculous events begin to unfold. Now, he wanted a double portion of Elisha's spirit. We're the ones who start counting the miracles and uh, say that they're double. Praise God. That's an awesome thing. But it was the spirit of Elijah that he wanted. He wanted to be in tune with God. He wanted to walk with God in isolation. He wanted the spirit of Elijah that would face obstacles and opposition without fear, without wavering, without falling. He wanted to keep going. And it was the sons of the prophets who said, the spirit of Elijah doth rest on Elisha. Praise God. But let me recount some of the miracles until we get to one. I'm almost, I'm almost done. The Jordan River parted after he hit it with the mantle. The waters of the city were healed or made good. The bears that uh, that mocked him, uh, uh, or the children, rather, that mocked him were killed by the bear. I don't know if that's a miracle or not. The water fills the ditches for the army. Oil filled all the containers of the widow to pay her debt. The Shunammite woman's son was restored to life. The poisonous pot of pottage was made edible. Food was multiplied to feed 100 men. That was nothing. God was going to multiply it to feed 5,000. Naaman was healed of leprosy. An axe head floated on the water. A wood, wood cutting crew. And the axe head sunk. As it would. Well, wood. Elisha threw a stick in the water. Up came that axe head. I think I would buy it on the spot. I borrowed it, but I think I would buy it. Because I'd want to say, see this axe head? You think it would float? It did. <laughs> anyway. The Syrians accused Elisha of being an informant. And they sent a great company of soldiers to Dothan in the night to capture him. In the morning, the servant saw that great company. And he cried out, alas, my master. He thought it was over. But Elisha assured him, and this is what I wanted to get to, you're not alone. Fear not, for they that be with us are more than they that be with them. Praise God. Praise God. And Elisha prayed for his servant's eyes to be opened, to see the horses and the chariots of fire that surrounded them. And then Elisha prayed for the Syrian army to be blinded. And both happened. You have authority. You have power. Power that you have not even tapped yet. Oh, you've had answers to prayer. Yes, you have. Praise God. And I see them all over right here, right now. But there's so much more. Praise God. Elisha knew he was not alone. He knew God and his angels were right there. Oh, that we could have our eyes opened as well. To see the presence of God. To see his plans 
being fulfilled, the progression of it being in his word. Praise God. We're not sitting in an audience watching a play. No, no, we're not on the sidelines rooting for our team. You've got to understand what's happening in Israel right now is what God said was going to take place. And we're on the verge of things being fulfilled from the book of Ezekiel and the book of Jeremiah. We are there. This is not a time to doze. This is not a time to be distracted. This is not a time to feel like, oh, well, we'll just, we're good. Everything's going to be all right. <clears throat> There's got to be a fire within us. We've we got to have God throw that fire on us. We've got to make sure the hand of the Lord is there. Praise God. Because God doesn't leave us alone. He will not leave us nor forsake us. Amen. Deuteronomy 31 and 6. Be strong and of a good courage. Fear not, nor be afraid of them. For the Lord thy God, he it is that doth go with thee. He will not fail thee, nor forsake thee. Verse 8, and the Lord, he it is that doth go before thee. He will be with thee and will not fail thee, neither forsake thee. Fear not, neither be dismayed. The Lord assured Joshua of the same thing. There shall not be any man able to stand before thee all the days of thy life. As I was with Moses, so I will be with thee. I will not fail thee, nor forsake thee. Praise God. That's why Hebrews 13 and 5 would say, as it is written, as it is written those numerous times, the Lord said, I will never leave thee nor forsake thee. And we can boldly say, the Lord is my helper, and I will not fear what man shall do. Praise God. See, we're, we're still part of the church of Acts. God's doing signs and wonders. Multitudes of men and women are still being added to the Lord. The sick laid in the streets, and Peter passed by with his shadow on them, and they were healed. Oh, <laughs> you talk about incredible things that our God can do. And unclean spirits being cast out. Praise God. The Lord knows how to deal with all of these situations, whether it be a spirit of infirmity or a spirit of weakness. Or whatever the spirit may be. We know there's demonic displays, but there's all these other things as well that you can be delivered from, that you can step into liberty. Praise God. The apostles were cast into prison. I wonder if they felt alone. I wonder if they felt forsaken. Fearful they might be accused and condemned to be crucified. But that night an angel opened the prison doors and brought them forth. Didn't just wish them a good day. The angel said, go, stand, speak in the temple to the people all the words of this life. Praise God. Or they were accused. Behold, they said, you have filled Jerusalem with your doctrine. <laughs> Praise God. They didn't just do that on their own. It was person to person. Signs and wonders, miracles and power, the word of God, the apostles' doctrine. Praise God. They weren't alone. They preached, they taught. See Mark 16 and 20. They went forth and preached everywhere, the Lord working with them, they're not alone, and confirming the word 
with signs following. Amen. When you teach Bible studies, you got that chart and you're flipping through it. You're flipping through the pages of the Bible. The Lord's with you. And he will confirm that word with signs following. Don't let the devil lie to you. Don't let him say it's not going to work. It's not going to happen. It's not going to take place. Those days are gone. No, your labor is together with God. And it's God who gives the increase. Be encouraged. Praise God. Be encouraged. God has the key to your situation. He's able to do the work for you. Angels are dispatched to minister to you and to your needs. You are the sons of God in the midst of a crooked and perverse generation. And you shine forth as lights. And you hold forth the word of life. Praise God. I'm thankful that Philippians 2, 15 and 16 are what we can stand upon and believe. Amen. Amen. It may seem as though you're standing alone. Sometimes we feel that. But remember the household of faith standing with you. Angels there with you. And like the scripture says, having done all, stand. And know you're not standing alone. Praise God. Okay. Let's, let's stand together. Praise God. Amen, amen. It's an old, old chorus that says just a simple, simple message that I want you to just soak in. I want it to just permeate you. I want it to saturate your spirit. I'm never alone. Praise God. And the power of God is there to minister. Hallelujah. Amen. Sing that chorus, please. No, never alone. No, never alone. He promised never to leave me. Never to leave me alone. No, If you're feeling you want to be assured of that and you want to give God thanks for that, I'd like for you to come and stand with your brothers and sisters today. I want you to determine, God, I'm, I'm, I'm never going to be alone because I'm going to stand with you. I'm going to obey you. I'm going to follow you. I'm going to walk with you, Lord. I'm never going to be alone because I'm determined. I'm determined. I'm going to be with you, Lord. Praise God. As they sing it again, let's reach out to the Lord. Let's uh, again commit ourselves to him. Oh, God, I'm going to follow after you. I'm going to serve you. I'm going to walk with you. I'm going to obey you. Hallelujah. And I'm not going to be alone. Praise the name of the Lord. 
Amen, amen. No Thank you. 